going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And this week, we are going to be talking about AEW's All In 2023. I am going to be reviewing it. Leonard is going to be chiming in with his thoughts here and there. And there are some things that he can absolutely chime in on. Um, so let's get to the background of the event, um, which has been you know, being promoted for a while. Uh, the card, however, was being finalized like pretty much up until the last week or two. Um, so this event was held in Wembley Stadium, London, England, August 27th, 2023 from All Elite Wrestling. It is the first professional wrestling event in over 30 years at Wembley Stadium, the last one having been WWE's 1992 SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. uh, the first day of ticket sales alone broke the promotion's previous records for attendance, and the final tally of people was announced as 81,035 people. And for, whether or not you like All Elite Wrestling, that is a huge accomplishment for them. Um, for a promotion that's only been around for like four years. Um, I, I think that it's a very big deal for them. They've already announced that they're going back next year. Um, you know, and then you know, we'll get to maybe some of the thing, other things that happened at the post uh, event media scrum thing. Um, I guarantee you they won't sell as many tickets next year because, uh, you know, you, you did it two years in a row. One of the main reasons why they sold so many tickets is because there hadn't been anything there since SummerSlam. But you well, know, at least if you go back, yes, yeah, so that stadium, I should say, there's been other uh, events in England. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, you you don't go back to the well. Um, you know, it's like one of those uh, once in a lifetime types of things, like Rock versus Cena, and then we did it next year. It's like ah, it's twice in a lifetime. Diminishing returns. Right. Now, yeah, you make a good point. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they bring to the table uh, next year, if indeed that still happens. Um, so let's get to the pre-show, which is called Zero Hour. Um, so I should add, by the way, that this aired, I believe it aired at 12 p.m. noon on Saturday here um, in the East Coast. And I, I was doing other things. So I unfortunately didn't get to watch this live. I did purchase the event, though, and was able to watch it later. Um, the uh, zero hour. As usual, I didn't watch it at all, and my excuse for that is my wife and I got a new dog just last week, so we're Tell breaking. What the dog's name is? Him in. His name is Noir, which is the name he came with. It's not the name oh, really? we gave him. Because I thought that has Leonard written all over it, but the fact that it came with that name is just great. So <laughs> yes, yes, he is a black Shih Tzu poodle mix. That we got from the SPCA in Columbus. They got about 100 dogs from a puppy mill in Wisconsin that got shut down. And uh, so we took him to the park on Saturday and we've just been spending, you know, the whole time getting him assimilated to us and, and trying to do some training and some things. He's still got a lot of puppy in him. Not that I was going to watch All In anyway. Right. But Chad always says I need an excuse for why I don't watch something. So that's my excuse this time. New dog. Right. Well, you know, I, I certain events I'll I'll ask if you want to watch it or not. Other events I'll just be like, you know, 
AEW, I, I doubt that you're ever going to hear me say, hey, Leonard, you need to watch this unless it's like... And I would have to pay pay to get the pay-per-view, you know, right? Because they still do pay-per-view, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, you know, there was rumor there for a while that they're going to have something with HBO Max, um, which, you know, they do have uh, the, the reality show or whatever, not reality show, but the, you know, behind-the-scenes show on yes. HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see if that relationship develops over the year, but... Uh, Anywho, the Zero Hour pre-show was about two hours long, but it did feature some matches. Um, the first match was the fact that MJF and Adam Cole faced the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions of Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Um, they had MJF and Adam Cole get to the uh, end of the, the tag tournament on television. They didn't win against FTR, so... It was pretty obvious what was going to happen here, um, that they were going to win the ROH tag titles, and they did um, at 7 minutes and 45 seconds. For what it was, I gave it three stars. It was a short match, but it was a good short match, and uh, it's always entertaining to see MJF and Adam Cole. Aussie Open is a very good tag team. Now, I don't want to say, you know, like they're like kind of reserved, but they're very low bar, very straight up wrestling, um, but they're good. I like them. Um, so this was a pretty good short match and the, uh, the main eventers won. They wrestled twice in one night, which is, uh, which is a cool thing as well. So, um, I do a fancy pick them for this, as I, as I mentioned, and I usually like the last time we did AEW, I was like, I don't remember, but I've got looked it up. I have it in front of me now. I went with Aussie open as did everyone, but one person. Really? See, I thought it was very obvious that that they were going to win here. And, you know, the only thing there was two options it could have gone with. You could have had one of them turn on the other right here to make the main event more interesting. But I figured, you know, I don't think that they're going with that yet. We'll get more about the MJF Adam Cole storyline when we get to that point. But yeah. I would guess that was probably, that was, that was my consideration. Right. That, that it would be uh, the mismatched tag partners that finally, you know, turn on each other type of situations. So. Right. Um, so between these, the, this match and the next match, you saw in the crowd Mercedes Monet, um, which got a very big reaction um, from the people that were there. Um, she obviously is still dealing with uh, either a broken leg or a broken foot, um, so she didn't get up or anything. But uh, apparently the rumor is she would have already appeared on AEW, not necessarily under contract, but uh, in appearances, like kind of like uh, Will Ospreay has done. Um, but because of her injury, she hasn't done that yet. So, uh, she appeared also during the main show, um, which is interesting. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, the next match is the match that's getting all the attention right now. And that is Hook against Jack Perry for the FTW championship. It is an FTW rules match. Jack Perry came out in a stretch limousine and parked in front of the entranceway. He's a heel now, obviously. And uh, they had a match that lasted eight minutes and 20 seconds. Again, I gave this one three stars. Um, and during the match, right before a spot on the car, Jack Perry looks at the camera and says, you see that? This is real glass. I think he said, give me a break or something like that, which echoes back to a beef he had with CM Punk, where apparently there was glass going to be involved. CM Punk requested that it not be real glass to protect himself. And... Why this came up now, I have no idea, but it did. It came up during this match. Um, anyway, Hook won the match 
which was, again, not necessarily a surprise, um, but it was a good short match for what it was. Um, they did some cool things in the ring and outside the ring. Um, but the big news that everybody is talking about is what happened when Jack Perry got back into the, uh, you know, gorilla position or whatever. Um, Real quick, I'll just say I had Hook in the Pick'em and so did everybody else. Right. Um, and I have heard about what happened in the back, but go ahead. Right. So before I'll throw it to your thoughts here after I'm done with my uh, low key rant here, Leonard. Um, so I wasn't there. Only the people in the back that can say their witnesses were there. Um, I can only say what I've heard, which is apparently Jack Perry got to the back. CM Punk, who was probably watching the match, saw what he said and said, do we have a problem? A scuffle ensued. It was broken up. Now it's coming out that, you know, CM Punk is making a lot of comments about how much he hates being there, all this kind of stuff. I'm sure he was mad in the moment, whatever. Um, so what's interesting to me <laughs> is that a lot of people, like you're hearing mainly two things, which is, you know, A, Tony Khan needs to get this under control. B, CM Punk is a problem, blah, 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 blah. Very few people are, like, calling out Jack Perry, who, from what I can see, started this to a certain degree, um, and this is what happened. So what I will say is, yes, Tony Khan has a problem on his hands. He is still not a veteran promoter. I'm not making that as an excuse. He needs to get this under control. I think that that will happen for him sooner or later. I don't think he's going to do much concrete about CM Punk because CM Punk has had issues in the in the past few months with other people. Ryan Nemeth is one of them. Apparently Miro, there's some issue there. Um, so what's the common denominator here, obviously, is CM Punk. Um, CM Punk apparently is vital to collision to the point where if people who don't like or don't get along with CM Punk, they're not necessarily on the show. Um, again, this is all what I've heard and read through the dirt sheets. Um, so obviously there's a problem here. Um, if CM Punk is irritated enough, he'll just quit, <laughs> which seems to be, you know, what we're hearing. Um, so I will say that, yes, something needs to happen here. I don't know if there's going to be any suspension. Certainly the dirt sheets think there will be, um, nothing has been announced yet all out. The next pay-per-view is coming up very soon. Um, you know, depending on when you're watching our show here. So it's in Chicago. So one would assume that CM Punk was going to be or will be a part of that show. Um, so, yeah, I can't necessarily say CM Punk is the problem in this particular situation, but obviously he's a diva. We know that now. We can't say that that's new news. Um, but at the same time, you know, Tony Khan needs to get a better grasp of certain talent and also CM Punk needs to decide if he wants to be a team player or if he wants to just fade off into the sunset with AJ Lee. Cool. Um, this is news that just keeps steamrolling. We're about a year out from the last time this, the CM Punk got into an issue, um, which was at all out last year. So yeah. Uh, you know, and like, by the way, the people who are just going to town on Tony Khan, I'm not saying that they he doesn't deserve a little bit of it, 
but let's not pretend that WWE has not had issues as well over the years with talent backstage. Like, it's not exclusive to AEW. I'll just say that. So, anyway, um, Leonard, your thoughts on it? I, I think the difference is that when you talk issues in WWE, someone, usually Vince McMahon, handles it. And here, no one is handling anything. And it's because Tony Khan, from everything I've seen and read, just wants to be everybody's friend. And he doesn't want to tick anybody off. And he, what he needs to do is Ted Turner this. He owns it, but he lives on a mountain far away. And he's got people who run the day-to-day. He needs to have some sort of enforcer running the day-to-day. If I, if I, was, if I was him, and I'm glad I'm not, if I was him, I would get rid of CM Punk and everyone in that camp. I would get rid of Omega and the Bucks and everybody in that camp. I would then take everybody I've got with a brain, Arn Anderson, Telly Blanchard, Jake Roberts, Jim Ross, William Regal, Daniel Bryan even, Sting even, Christian even, make that your, your, your booking committee, do a hard reset, and, and form yourself an action plan and do a SWOT assessment. That's, you know, uh, your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your targets. And, and uh, treat this, hey, Tony Khan pretends he's a businessman, be a businessman, treat it like a business. And, and that's what I would do. And yeah, some people might think that's an extreme idea, blow it all up and start over. But there are a lot of great foundational components that roster has. You need to trim the cancer and you need to trim the dead weight, people you're not using or won't use, and, and, and you're going to have a much better product. So, yeah, boy, I will say I agree with some of your points. Uh, you know, I, I would say that a hard reset might be extreme at this point. Um, but I do agree that, you know, unless people are going to have their attitudes changed, the, the cancer, so to speak, needs to be uh, eliminated uh, to a certain degree. Now, who we think that might be is up for debate. Um, when you said let's Ted Turner this, I thought you meant, like, he should call his dad down to be the enforcer tony Khan. <laughs> oh baby like you could do that too. that could be a thing he just needs he's not gonna do it so he needs somebody to do it right right no i agree um you know and uh as far as who they're using and who they're not yeah i mean there are they have some people there they're not using a lot of you know paul white was under is under contract with them and he was on the pre-show kind of doing the you know the legends panel type thing that wwe does um, which we don't see Paul White a ton. Um, so it was cool to see him at all. He got in the ring, by the way, and uh, chokeslammed Jeff Jarrett yeah. and Jay Lethal and stuff. So anyway, um, that was about it for the pre-show. Um, the first match, the reason why CM Punk was right there, the first match is CM Punk against Samoa Joe. Um, they are They have been reigniting their rivalry from back in the Ring of Honor days. This match went 14 minutes. It was for the quote-unquote real world championship um, that CM Punk is carrying around. Uh, CM Punk would win this. I gave it three and a quarter stars. I think that they need to stop this rivalry at this point. I understand why they're having CM Punk work with him. It's somebody he knows. It's somebody that he trusts. A lot of people aren't comfortable. Maybe some of the people that we want to see him work with aren't comfortable doing so right now because of issues. So they had this. They're never going to top those Ring of Honor matches. Not ever. No. The match that they had a few weeks ago was decent. This match was decent. Mm-hmm. Let's just you know, that, move on. I think it was the, the second of their Ring of Honor matches. It was one of my best matches of, of the aughts, and we did that. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yep. 
So yeah, definitely. So I had Punk. Only one person took Joe. Everyone else took Punk. Yeah. You know, Punk's not even as much as if if he was going to drop to anybody, it would be Joe. But right. he's not going to lose to anybody at this point. If if ever, he's not going to lose unless he really wants to. Now, yeah, especially now that they're having him carry around the Real World Championship because yeah. of him getting injured and suspended and all that kind of stuff. Now they're going to doing the Razor Ramon Heartbreak Kid. Thing yeah. on here. And, I could, and I could see him uh, being willing to job at some point to MJF because I think he understands that that's MJF what is I think that's what they're building to is MJF yeah. and CM Punk. Number, it would be their third match. It would be the rubber match. Um, they've each won one. Um, so I thought that that's kind of what they were going to go for it all out. Maybe I'm wrong now. Maybe it'll be changed. Who knows? Um, but yes. So the next match, I yeah, I did. I said I gave that three and a quarter stars. Um, the next match is a six-man tag match: Bullet Club, Gold, Juice Robinson, Jay White, and Kanosuke Takeshka uh, with Don Callis, um, Austin Gunn, and Colton Gunn at ringside against the Golden Elite of Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Hangman Adam Page. I gave this one three and a half stars. Um, all these guys do really good work in the ring, and it was a good match because of that. Did it have the structure maybe of some tag matches or one-on-ones? No, it didn't. Um, you know, it got it does get chaotic at times. And, you know, there were some slips, um, not necessarily just in this match. There were a couple slips throughout the entire event. Um, there was one in this one. Um, but I think the, you know, the talent did a good job of just re- of recovering from that. So I gave this one three and a half stars. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, what did you think here? I, I had the Golden Elite, and so did everybody else. Okay. This one, yeah, that match went uh, 20 minutes and 30 seconds, by the way. Uh, the next match is FTR against the Young Bucks. This is the rubber match of that rivalry as well. It is for the AEW Tag Team Championships. This one went 21 minutes and 45 seconds. I gave it four and a quarter stars. These two teams do great work together. They have made every one of their matches a big deal um, and an event that you want to see this to me was the second biggest highlight of this card. Um, looking forward to it anyway. Um, so yeah, this, this was a great match. I, I don't know if I could look back on some of their other ones and maybe compare them. I think, you know, one or one of the other previous matches was maybe a shade better than this one. Uh, but FTR would win this, which I was glad to see. I honestly didn't think that it was going to go that way. I thought, you know, it's the Young Bucks. They're going to want to go over here, and they're going to want to be the face of the tag team division of the company again. But they didn't. Um, FTR stands tall, uh, which I thought was a good call here. I had FTR, as did most everyone else. Um, it's 15 people in the poll, uh, so uh, the FTR was chosen 11 to 4. All right. The next match was the Stadium Stampede match. You had Eddie Kingston, Penta El Zero Miero, Best friends of Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta and Orange Cassidy against the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, and then Santana and Ortiz, who are newly returned uh, from injury. This one went 21 minutes and 30 seconds, and obviously it was crazy, chaotic. It's, you know, a cluster you-know-what, and you either like that or you don't. I think that these stadium stampede matches are fun. I especially thought they were fun during the pandemic. To me, this was the highlight of the pandemic, this type match, because they, <laughs> they went where the um, uh, the Jaguars played and literally just went all over the stadium. Yeah. Which yeah, was yeah. hilarious. 
Um, it's a little yeah, bit different. I, say, I think they, they do it too much. You know, they seem to do it more than once a year. If you do I was going to say like twice a year, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, so the uh, Eddie Kingston and his team would win this match. John Moxley is has drifted into Abdullah the Butcher and Dusty Rhodes territory. Yes. In that, I mean, the dude. There's an image going around. You can. I'll try to put it up here of him with skewers in his head that is just gruesome to view. Like when to see it live, and we're not talking just one or two. It was a whole pile of those suckers that were jammed into his head. Like he bleeds walking to the ring anymore. Yeah. <laughs> which, which which is just like Dusty and Abdullah. They got to the point where they didn't need to gig themselves. You just and they would start bleeding. Yeah, and well, you know, Abdullah the Butcher, for those who watch Dark Side of the Ring, dude had razor blades in his finger tape. <laughs> so, yeah. like, just, and would, you know, so, yeah. Uh, but I thought that this was a lot of fun. I gave it three and three quarter stars. I can't wait to see a big match between Claudio Castagnoli and Eddie Kingston, who have convinced me beyond the shadow of a doubt that they genuinely do not like each other in real life. So, <laughs> so guess what? I, ha I had the Kingston group who you said won. Mm. Only two people took him. Wow, that's fun. funny. Yeah, I would. No, that, that's, that's a feather in my cap for me. My thinking there, again, I don't watch the product. I don't know. I know two things. Tony Khan loves Orange Cassidy more than, than life itself. He does. And, and, and that Santana and Ortiz coming back out of nowhere and not really fitting with the Blackpool Combat Club, even though that other team is a little mishmashy too. Um, that's kind of why I, I, I based my, my pick on. Yeah. If the Blackpool combat club loses, it's usually in a group effort when it comes mm -hmm. down to singles or tags. That's when they start to like, you never see them lose those types of events, especially Moxley on his own or Claudio on his own, who's still the ROH world champion, by the way. Um, so yeah, group efforts, they, they don't often come up on the winning side. Um, the next match is the fatal four way for the AEW women's championship would be Tony Storm against Hikaru Shida, who's the champion, and against Britt Baker, against Soraya. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen here. Um, I, I thought maybe they would have Shida win because she's not been the champion for that long. It's second time being champion. But then I thought to myself, you know, you know, if they give it to Soraya at all, formerly Paige, they would do it here. And yeah. When I saw her come out, I was like, okay, now I definitely know what's going to happen because she came out with her entire family, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which was cool to see because that's something that you didn't really see her have happen on WWE television. Um, so it was cool to see her whole family there. Um, obviously, it was a big deal. Um, so, yeah, she won at 8 minutes and 50 seconds. I gave this one three and a quarter stars. Uh, Tony Storm's character of the overdramatic, uh, you know, 30s 40s actress is just fantastic i become more of a fan of tony storm every time i see her um Brittany, right. I, need check, I need to check that character out that sounds cool i, I don't yeah. think i've seen anything she's got like the marilyn monroe hair going on and you know her promos her promos are very over the top but in a good way um so yeah soraya wins here i would bet that if she holds on to it for a long time, she won't be defending it a lot. She still mm -hmm. is, I don't think, ever going to be 100% with the neck injury. And I know she has other issues that she commonly deals with as well. So that's why I was not sure if they are going to give it to her here. Uh, but it was obviously a very emotional moment for her. It was cool to see her get it. 
Um, like I said, three and a quarter stars, decent work all around. wasn't very long, but uh, your thoughts. So this, um, nobody took Britt Baker, and the others are pretty easy. I took Tony Storm for the reason. I really thought Soraya would win because she's in her home country, but at the same time, I know that she has had so many problems since her return in AEW. Health issues, her work has not been good at all. Right. Uh, from everything I've read and, and heard. So I, I thought that they would, would go to Storm. So there's only 13 people voting in this one, so two people must have missed it. But um, it was six to four to three. So three people went with Sheeta, and I went with Storm. But, yeah, my gut said Soraya, but I thought that, that the prevailing uh, wisdom would be what you said. She's just too beat up to be champion. Right. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, the uh, AW women's division still has room to grow. They have a lot of great people that I like. Um, still room to grow. So uh, the next match is Darby Allen and Sting against Swerve Strickland and Kristen Cage in a coffin match. And, uh, you know, one thing that seems to be near unanimously agreed upon is that AEW is using Sting very well. Um, and I would concur with that. And now I think Tony Khan created a little bit of a stir because he said that this was Sting's best run of his entire career. I don't know that I'd go that far, obviously, when no. you look back at the Ric Flair, um, you know, when he was the face of WCW. However, I yeah, before say, he blew out his knee, I would say between 88 and I think it was what, 91 or 92 when he blew out his knee. Um, he was young still and green, but that to me would be. Um, the best portion of his career. And yeah. even though he didn't work much, um, crosting in the rafters right. was hugely over. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I will say is that I would say that he's having the most fun of his career as he is right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also saw something, I believe, the other day said Sting has not lost in any way, shape, or form since being in AEW. So I did take Sting and Darby Allen, which everybody else did as well. Right. Um, and the way that they do the coffin matches in AEW, I think, are are pretty cool. They use the coffin in different ways than you would see WWE use them uh, back in the early mid 90s. Um, so I thought that this match was fun. I gave it three and a quarter stars as well. Um, the next match is Will Ospreay with Don Callis against Chris Jericho with Sammy Guevara. Uh, Will Ospreay would win this in 14 minutes and 55 seconds. And yes, it's not the Chris Jericho of old, but he really tried to bring it here and it showed, in my opinion. Um, obviously, he's dealing with Will Ospreay, who's one of the top three talent uh, in the world right now. I gave this one three and three quarter stars. I really, really liked it a lot, especially considering there was like a week of build for it. Um, not much at all. So I thought that this was really decent work. Who picked who for this? Everyone took Osprey. He's the home country guy. And, you know, for all the crap that Jericho does get, he's he's not necessarily opposed to jobbing to someone um, if it make if he thinks it makes sense. And I would totally believe him believing it made sense here. And I totally believe him trying to do the best, even as physically broken down that he is right now uh, to try to hang with with Osprey. I would actually be interested in seeing this one. Yeah. Um the 10th match of the night is for the uh, AEW Trios Championship. Um, it would be the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn against 
the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews, and the Acclaimed would finally win here. This is their third chance at the trios championships. Mm -hmm. The Acclaimed and Billy Gunn are hugely over in the company, so there was no shock here. Um, it was very cool to see the House of Black come out wearing masks with a lantern honoring Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a cool thing to see. Um, and, you know, for, 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 a, for a team that is purely heel in every single way, that was cool to see. Um, I gave this one three stars. It was, like I said, 10 minutes, 50 seconds. Um, you know, I knew it was going to happen here. Um, they were doing a storyline with Billy Gunn, you know, teasing a retirement and then coming back. Mm -hmm. um, they made it they made it interesting enough for me to be invested in this feud. Um, the House of Black is really, really good. I hope that they use Malachi Black and uh, and Brody King um, in more stuff because I think both guys deserve it. So. My my theory was if the acclaimed and daddy ass was going to win, they would have by now. Um, so House of Black actually was picked nine to six. Oh, wow. See, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Like this, yeah, this was like the third time that these teams met. So I figured, you know, with the whole Billy Gunn retirement thing, they had to give him something. Um, the main event is MJF against Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship. This match was about 29 minutes. And this, you know, for people that say, and I'm not saying that there's not any truth to this because there is that, you know, AEW is more about just, you know, serving the people who love good matches than anything else. I would say that they need to watch this because this was a piece of long term storytelling that has been really, really well done. It has been funny and interesting and you didn't know where it was going to go. As we talked about in the pre-show, some people picked Aussie Open. Some people picked MJF and Adam Cole to win that match. Because we're not sure, everybody's expecting it to go a certain way, but it hasn't yet. Um, so I have really, really enjoyed this storyline a lot. And I think it is a one of the best examples of the fact that AEW can bring you a good storyline over a long period of time to have you invested in their main event. Um, so I gave this one four stars. It was really good. There was a lot of, you know, the guys trying to out-cheat each other in the match. There was a cool structure to it in that way. They weren't trying to do a match of the year candidate no, like necessarily. They were trying to put on a good match, but they were trying to. They incorporated the whole friendship angle. They incorporated the fact that both guys really wanted the belt, and they were trying to take shortcuts. It was really, really good. MJF would get the win, and I figured he would um, because, as I said, I, I think that they're trying to shoot for uh, CM Punk and MJF. I think they were trying to do that last year after all out and then cm punk did what he did and got injured and they couldn't get there but they got to mjf winning the title so now i think tony khan is desperately trying to get to cm punk and mjf um so mjf keeps the title they remain he and adam cole remain friends at the end of the show which was fun to see um so the event clocked in at a little under four hours uh I thought it was very entertaining overall. I would, I, you know, looking at other reviews, I saw a lot of guys give it like an 8.5 out of 10. I would kind of go with that um, in terms of the event as a whole. I think that it was very successful. Yes, it is a shame that we're mainly talking about like a stupid backstage dust up. But I thought that this event was a 
very big deal for them. Apparently, it grossed them a lot of money. Uh, you know, Tony Khan released a statement to that effect earlier today. I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say like over 10 million in sales, you know, something along those lines. Um, so, yeah, it was a big deal for them. And uh, I hope that they continue to grow and improve in their backstage control. So, uh, Leonard, what'd you pick for this one? Uh, so I took MJF. Only one person took Adam Cole. And you know who that person was? Good friend of the show, Ronnie. Oh, well, you know what? My hat is off to Ronnie. I would love to see Adam Cole win the big one at some point. Um, I think that he has uh, done a good job in AEW. Um, who knows what's going to happen? Anything could happen uh, with CM Punk being in a main event slot. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I I applaud him for that pick. So let me know in the comments what you thought of this event. And, uh, you know, if you have any opinions on... CM Punk Jack Perry thing and what we said let me know that as well uh, like I said All Out is coming very soon I do think it is a very it's an error to have two pay-per-views this close together like I really yes. really do like I you know I, I expect like they have to expect and I guess since they made so much money at Wembley Stadium maybe they don't care but like they have to expect the pay-per-view buys for All Out to be really, really low. They have to. The only thing I can think of close to this was back in 92 when the WWF did Survivor Series and followed that up with this Tuesday in Texas. Um, so right. that was back when Survivor Series was on Thanksgiving, so Thursday. And um, there was, you know, a controversial finish. So it was Hogan versus Undertaker for the belt, a rematch. Uh, Savage versus Roberts was the other big match that was on that. And I've always kind of been fascinated with, with this Tuesday in Texas. No one ever talks about it, ever. We yeah. should maybe, I don't know, do a rebook of that or something at some point. We should just, just do fun. a super review of it, really. Yeah, we could do a super review of it because no one ever talks about this Tuesday in Texas. So maybe we'll do a super review of that. Uh, but that's the only – and that bombed. And that's why they never tried that ever again. They did do, like, Taboo Tuesday, and they tried, like, Tuesday pay-per-views. But they didn't do, like, a week apart. You know, they, they didn't try that again. So, yeah, it, as you said, because of the buys uh, – the ticket buys, I should say – they may not care, but I, I definitely would think that the pay-per-view buys for that are going to be really low. Yeah, I mean, it is in Chicago, CM Punk's hometown, so I think they were hoping that he would be a big draw for that. Mm -hmm. um, there's already been a couple matches announced. I think Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen, maybe? Uh, and, I, and I think there's been one. Oh, yeah, Kenny Omega versus uh, uh, Takeshka. Finally, um, that'll be one-on-one -on -one match. So there has been matches announced. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, as I speak, this is a Tuesday. Wednesday is Dynamite, so I'm sure a lot's going to be announced there. Um, so, yeah, let me know in the comments what you thought of the event. Check out our other episodes, Segment Surgery, Stupid Questions, What's That Card? And uh, we are also available wherever you listen to podcasts. Please hit the like button on our YouTube content and subscribe where you can. Give us five-star reviews. We always love to have five-star reviews. And uh, let us know what you thought of Leonard's dog named Noir. All of those things can be mentioned in the comments. Right, Leonard? Every, everything, especially, uh, you know, Noir, which, again, I did not name. He is all black, which is Noir Perfect. is French for black. 
I was told I need to get another dog and name it Film, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> that, that'd be great. Um, add- Two on the nose. Two on the nose. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, thank you for joining us. Please uh, check out other content. And for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next time. And Alexa, we'll see you out.